am I? How tough am I? I had a bowl of nails for breakfast this morning. <laughs> yes, so? Without any milk. Hello, Nailer fans. DJ Abicella, voice of the Wheeling Nailers, with you here as I welcome you into the first ever episode of The Toolbox. The Toolbox is something that we are starting brand new this summer. It's going to be a weekly podcast. In that podcast, I will be talking to you about some news regarding the Nailers, ECHL, or pro hockey as a whole. I'll be throwing some fun facts at you, and each week we'll also be interviewing one person of significance. This week, that person is former Nailers broadcaster Brendan Burke. Brendan recently called the first round series between the Anaheim Ducks and San Jose Sharks on NBC Sports Network and serves as the television play-by-play broadcaster for the New York Islanders. But for this week's show, we start off with news, and I'm sure most of you saw last week that the Nailers made a big announcement. Nailers head coach Jeff Christian will not be returning to the team for the 2018-19 season. This presents a new opportunity for the Nailers, something that they haven't been through since the summer of 2010, and that is hiring a head coach who has not previously been an assistant coach with the team. You think back with the last three head coaches, Clark Donatelli got the job after being an assistant coach under Stan Drulia. That was at the start of the 2011-12 season when Clark first came here, and then Stan went up to the AHL's Milwaukee Admirals, assumed a role as an assistant coach there, and Clark was promoted from assistant coach to head coach. Now, it was only a deal with Clark where he was the head coach to the end of that year, so technically the Nailers had a coach opening in the summer of 2012, but it was a very easy transition. Clark got the job permanently, losing the interim tag, and then he was the head coach from the start of the 2012-13 season all the way until December of 2015 and that was when of course you remember back to the Penguins organization when Mike Johnston got fired, Mike Sullivan got promoted from Wilkes-Barre Scranton and Clark earned the job with the AHL Penguins. Taking over for him here in Wheeling at that point in time was David Gove, who was the assistant coach under Clark. Started that at the 15-16 season. Gove finished that year before Jeff Christian, his assistant coach, took over the reins as the permanent head coach in 16-17 and 17-18. So it's the first time since Stan Drulia that the Nailers will have a truly new head coach and that's something to look forward to and there are going to be a lot of great applicants this is one of the premier coaching jobs in the ECHL with such a great relationship with the Pittsburgh Penguins so it's something that we're all looking forward to in the organization to see who is ultimately going to take that chair and hopefully lead us to the promised land starting in 2018-19. Additionally from the news department last week you may have also seen that seven of the Wheeling Nailers have have been recalled to the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins as they finished their regular season last week and they are preparing again for that Calder Cup playoff run to begin this week. However, there was one player that you may have noticed missing from that list of guys going up to the AHL and it may have made your heads, you know, get scratched a little bit and that was forward Freddie Tiffles and there's a reason for that. It's Freddie is certainly deserving of a call up, but another opportunity has presented itself for Tiffles and he 
he is going to be playing in the Ice Hockey World Championship, which starts in Denmark on May 4th, and he will be representing his home country of Germany. You remember back to the Olympics this year when Germany was the silver medalist. So this is an awesome opportunity for Freddie. He knew most of that Olympic team. Germany's coming off of a really nice performance this past winter, and it's something where you get on that international stage, and for Tiffles, it's going to be something that should hopefully help his career tremendously. So a real nice opportunity for Freddie, and we want to congratulate him for that 100%. With the AHL starting their playoffs here this week, there are five teams, five organizations throughout professional hockey who have all three of their teams in the playoffs. You may have seen my tweet about that last week, and that was before the San Jose Barracuda in the AHL made their late surge and took out the San Diego Gulls out in that Pacific Division in the American League. So there are now five teams, no longer four, five, who have all three teams in the playoffs. You have the Boston Bruins in the NHL with Providence in the AHL and Atlanta, who returns to postseason play in the ECHL. The Los Angeles Kings are organization number two. They have the Ontario Reign in the AHL and then the Manchester Monarchs in the ECHL. The Philadelphia Flyers, the Penguins' arch rival, are team number three, who of course are playing Pittsburgh in round number one of the Stanley Cup playoffs. They are followed beneath them by the Lehigh Valley Phantoms in the AHL and our longtime rivals, the Reading Royals, here in the ECHL. Team number four, the Toronto Maple Leafs, who are taking on Boston in round one of the Stanley Cup playoffs. They have the AHL regular season champion Toronto Marlies right under them going to the playoffs, and at the ECHL level, it is the Orlando Solar Bears. And then finally, with the addition now of the Barracuda in the AHL, the San Jose Sharks from the NHL are team number five, and they have the Allen Americans in the ECHL. So big congratulations to those five organizations on putting together a very solid top to bottom and having the chance to try and capture three different titles, which is something that has yet to be done. Another fun fact from the professional hockey world is the playoff streak as Wilkes-Barre Scranton has the longest active playoff streak in the American Hockey League. They have now reached the postseason in 16 consecutive seasons. That is so hard to do in this day and age in hockey. And I did a little bit of research to further this point of just how hard it is, not only in pro hockey, but in pro sports as a whole. So Wilkes-Barre Scranton has the longest active one in the AHL. Technically, it's the longest active one in one current league in hockey. And I say that because the Idaho Steelheads of the ECHL have made the playoffs 21 years in a row. However, it's 15 of those years in the ECHL and the other six, the first six of those in the old West Coast Hockey League, the WC. CHL. Certainly a great accomplishment either way you look at it. And the team who has the longest active streak in the NHL is the Pittsburgh Penguins. So two of the three longest streaks in pro hockey come from the Penguins organization as Pittsburgh has made the postseason in 12 consecutive years. Where does that stand historically? Well, the 16 years in a row by Wilkes-Barre Scranton is two years longer than the third longest 
league's streak all time as Major League Baseball, the Atlanta Braves of the 90s, they made the playoffs 14 years in a row. That's the longest in Major League Baseball. Wilkes-Barre Scranton has already beaten that. And the NFL record is nine years in a row. The current New England Patriots, the Indianapolis Colts, and the Dallas Cowboys all made it nine years in a row. So Wilkes-Barre Scranton has beaten that. Now, the longest in the NBA belongs to the Philadelphia 76ers record of 22, although the San Antonio Spurs have an active streak of 21 years, so they're knocking on that door. And then the NHL record is the Boston Bruins at 29 years, which they did from 1967 to 1996. But take this into consideration, and this isn't to rain on Boston's parade. Believe me, I'll be the first one who does not rain on a Bruin parade. But when that streak started for the Bruins in 1967, the NHL was only a 12-team league, and when it finished in 1996, the NHL was only a 26-team league. That was, of course, before the expansions of Nashville, Columbus, Minnesota, Atlanta slash Winnipeg, and now Vegas. And even then, in the the early 90s, that was when you were starting to have Anaheim and San Jose and Florida and Tampa Bay all make their way into the NHL. What it tells me is how impressive it is because of how big the leagues have gotten now. The AHL is 30, the NHL is 31, the ECHL is 27, where playoffs are very hard. You think about that Boston one in 96, you only had to finish top eight out of 13. Now you have to finish top eight out of 16 to get in in a conference. Literally the top half, where it used to be top two-thirds or almost even top three-quarters, depending on how big the league was when you were playing it at the time. So that's certainly an impressive thing to think about with that. And also in in the age of free agency, where it is extremely hard, regardless of the level, to keep the same core with you year after year. We here in Wheeling have only had five players who have played with either the Thunderbirds or the Nailers for more than five seasons in the entire 26-year history of the team. Two of them played on the team this year in Derek Army and Jarrett Burton. So to be able to keep that winning streak alive with a rotating door of lineups and rosters throughout season after season, an incredible feat, and Wilkes-Barre Scranton deserves so much credit for being able to now make it 16 years in a row of qualifying for the Calder Cup playoffs. One other fun fact today, one of the things I want to start doing is a where are they now feature, and since we have talked about the Nailers going through a coaching change this summer. We'll pick a head coach to tell you about where they are now, and that's going to be Greg Pahulski. Pahulski was a head coach here in Wheeling, starting in the 2007-2008 season and ending in 2009-2010. Since then, he has taken a position with Wilfred Laurier University, the Golden Hawks out of Waterloo, Ontario, and he just completed his eighth season as the head coach of the of the Golden Hawks. So that's neat to see and uh, obviously nice to be able to follow along our former players, coaches, and all alums as they continue their pathway, whether it's in the game of hockey or in some other facet of life. So Greg Pahalski, now head coach of Wilfred Laurier University. It's now time to welcome in our first ever guest on the Toolbox. He is a former voice of the Wheeling Nailers, now the television broadcaster for the New York Islanders, and got a real neat opportunity if you caught some of the NHL playoff games last week in the San Jose Anaheim series. He was the voice on NBC Sports Network. It is Brendan Burke, and Brendan, thanks so much for taking a few minutes with me. How cool was that opportunity to broadcast hockey on national TV? 
Yeah, you know, it's been uh, it's been crazy to go from uh, two years ago. I was in the American Hockey League in Utica, New York, and then uh, you know last season got the job with the Islanders, and and last year got the opportunity to call some some playoff games, and then to continue on this year. And I did a couple of games on national TV throughout the season based on my schedule, and then uh, to have them call me and, and ask me to do the first round again was it was uh, it, it's still even hard to grasp at this point. If I looked at my Brendan Burke statistical file correctly, I believe you only called two playoff series in your first eight years of broadcasting between Wheeling, Peoria, and Utica. Your summers and your late springs are a little bit different the last four years. You enjoying that? Yeah, yeah, it's been uh, it's been really good. Uh, you know, we we missed the playoffs the two years that I was in in Wheeling, and and the last year I was there wasn't even close. It was I think we went twenty two and fifty, and that uh, that oh seven oh eight season was not was not a good year. And then uh, it, we struggled through Peoria. The five years I was there, they only made the playoffs twice and and got swept out. Uh, actually, they made the playoffs three times, got swept out in two out of three. And then uh, I made a long run with the Comets uh, all the way to the Calder Cup final um, in 2015. I guess that would have been. And then, uh, you know, the last couple of years, it's been uh, it's been the the Islanders. And and while the Islanders haven't made it in either season, it's kind of opened me up for for this opportunity to continue to call playoff hockey. We touched on that opportunity and how it presents itself. How does the process go in terms of how they select you guys and? putting the series too because you would think you being an eastern conference guy with the islanders that maybe you'd get a metropolitan division matchup but no you get put into a pacific division series with anaheim and san jose and while you guys see everybody over the course of the season i'm sure there's a lot more preparation that has to be done seeing two that you may not see on a regular basis yeah um to be honest with you i'm not i'm not quite sure how it all works uh i just go where they tell me um it's it's uh one of those things where um i had a good idea that i would be asked back to do the playoffs but i really didn't know until uh the day after the regular season ended and they they called me and asked me to do the san jose anaheim series um you know last year was kind of the same thing i found out on a monday morning they wanted me to do uh the the san jose edmonton series last year on monday morning i found out on tuesday i got on a plane on wednesday i called game one so um, it all happens kind of quick, and I, you're right. I only saw the teams two times throughout the year. I didn't see either of them after Christmas, so uh, it took a little extra prep to get ready to go for those two. But, you know, when, when playoff hockey rolls around um, and just being in the NHL, you kind of have a, a good base of stories and, and anecdotes and things like that. But once playoff hockey rolls around, um, there's just so much coverage of it, and so much is just literally – whistle to whistle and what's happening on the ice that the intensity of the game kind of supersedes everything and as long as you're familiar enough to call a hockey game uh the game usually takes care of itself what's the process like for you in terms of i bet there's so many more media people there and you me you may have to be a little bit trickier as far as getting interviews with who you want to or just kind of experiencing the whole world of playoff hockey and some of the atmospheres that you're into too which have to be off the wall yeah, I mean it's it's the same thing as as a regular um, a regular day. You just don't have your normal, you know. With the Islanders, I kind of have a relationship with everybody and whatnot. But there's still morning skates, and you can still go in and grab people. And it's actually kind of nice because they they do in the playoffs. It's it's more structured, uh, and they actually do a press conference with the coaches and have specific availability and things like that. Where during the season, it's kind of hit or miss sometimes, and you're playing back to backs, and the coaches don't always talk. There's not always a morning skate. With this, there's a day off in between every game. Um, and so there's a, there's a lot of opportunity to kind of 
get everything you need to get together. And then, uh, you know, in, in terms of everything else, it's just, uh, you know, it's, it's a big, it's a big team of television people, um, you know, the, between everybody that works in the truck to, to us upstairs calling the game that, um, you know, we, we get everything we need and, and, uh, they make it as easy as possible. Something tells me you would have been rooting for that San Jose Anaheim series to go seven games. So you had an opportunity to call game seven. Unfortunately, that was the, not the way that it went. There's been a lot of quick series. Uh, Vegas swept, San Jose swept, and then five of the other six series are three to one. What do you think is the biggest product of that? Is it that the top teams are just that much better than everybody else, or why is it so lopsided so early? Yeah, I think you can make a case that that there are some really, really good teams uh, in the NHL this season. I think uh, you know Boston over Toronto. I think Boston's a really, really good team. I think Tampa's a really, really good team. Pittsburgh's a really good team. Uh, you know, out west, those sweeps. I don't know if they were more. Uh, I mean, you look at Anaheim, San Jose, the series that I did. They finished one point ahead of, or Anaheim finished one point ahead of San Jose in the regular season, and then got swept out of the playoffs. I think that one might be more of just a matchup. Uh, sometimes teams match up well against each other. I think the team speed of San Jose was a little too much to handle for Anaheim. And, of course, uh, the wild card factor in every playoff series is a hot goalie. Uh, and sometimes that's all you need. And with San Jose and the way Martin Jones played and with Vegas and the way Marc-Andre Fleury played, uh, you know, sometimes that's that's enough to win your, win your series. So, um, you know, sometimes you get an 8-1 score like we did in Game 3, and sometimes you're – your two-one double overtime, like they had in the in the Vegas and uh, the Vegas uh, LA series. So uh, the the games take many forms, but I think uh, the combination of, of goaltending and just sometimes matchups can can lend teams to uh, to have a good time against another in the playoffs. Before Pittsburgh went back to back championships in sixteen and seventeen, it seemed like the balance of power was focused in the Western Conference, where Western Conference teams won five out of six Stanley Cups. This season, you had two 100-point teams out of the Atlantic, or 110-point teams out of the Atlantic, two 110-point teams out of the Central Division. Do you see anywhere of a balance in power, or do you see it being very even, whether that be divisions or conferences? Yeah, I mean, I think it's just kind of cyclical with the way things go. You have teams like Chicago and L.A. that, that were dominant for so long and just kind of alternated Stanley Cups, and then the guys get a little bit older and your salary gets a little bit higher and it makes it harder to maintain that kind of level. Um, and, and so now some other teams are going through an up cycle where, uh, you know, I think the Boston Bruins are set up really well um, because a lot of their talent is young and still growing, and I think they're a lot farther along than anybody really expected them to be uh, here this season. So, um, I, I think it's pretty well distributed, but there are some very good teams. Obviously, Nashville and, and Winnipeg are outstanding teams in the West. Um, I, I think I'm not sure what to make of Vegas. I don't know if anybody's sure what to make of Vegas and you know whether or not they can sustain this or whether or not they go out in the offseason and try and land some more veteran guys and, and kind of build a team with the, I guess, the structure that you are more typically used to seeing in the NHL. Um, but it, it seems like there is some powerful teams in the East, but again, um, you only need one good team in, in any division or any conference to make a run, and all of a sudden you look like you're the powerhouse. I was going to ask you about Vegas because they seem like the nation's darling now. Just about everybody has hopped onto that bandwagon, including here in this area where people also looking towards Pittsburgh and what their realistic chances are at a third straight Stanley Cup. Yeah, I mean, I was, uh, you know, I, I followed them closely. I think it's a really interesting, um, you know, dynamic with that team where you've got a bunch of young, mostly young players, all of them with something to prove, all of them playing with a chip on their shoulder, all of them buying into the system that they're selling. Um, and Gerard Gallant's done an incredible job out there. Uh, and right now they've gone from 
wow, they really won the Pacific Division to, wow, they might be an actual legitimate Stanley Cup contender. And and the superstars on that team are Marc-Andre Fleury and James Neal, I guess. I mean, they really have done it with a lot of no-name guys that obviously were expendable from the teams they were on. They're getting 40 goals out of a guy in William Carlson only had six last year in Columbus. I mean, it, it's just it's remarkable what they've done. Um, and they don't have any bad contracts that they didn't take on uh, on purpose for for a gain somewhere down the line. So they've they've stocked up a lot of draft picks. They've they've built themselves for the future, uh, and they certainly hit the ground ground running. And I guess that's uh, that's what you get for five hundred million dollars these days: is the ability to jump right in and be a Stanley Cup contender, uh, you know, out of the gate. What about Pittsburgh? Uh, this is probably going to be the hardest if they are to try and make a run, and I know there are a lot of good teams out there that people may be saying, okay, yeah, Pittsburgh the last two years did what they did, but uh, maybe uh, they're going to have a little bit of a harder run this go-around. Yeah, I mean, it, it's hard to pick against them, um, especially in the East. And, I mean, with the the move, I really like the Derek Broussard move um, heading into the trade deadline and getting a legitimate third-line center. I mean, they have... Uh, when you've got guys like Broussard, and I know they moved Kessel off that line and moved him up with Malkin a lot, but when you've got guys like Malkin uh, on your second line and then Kessel and Broussard on your third line, uh, that is depth that there are very, very few teams in the NHL that can match. Uh, when the relentless pressure continues uh, shift after shift, uh, they're always a threat to score, and then Matt Murray on the back end uh, kind of keeps everybody honest, and uh, they're they're going to be a very tough out. if they If they don't get that third one done, which is – uh, I mean, obviously, we haven't seen it since the Islanders did it in the early '80s to win three in a row. Um, you know, it, it's going to be it's going to be a tough run for them. Like I said, I really like Tampa's team and I really like Boston's team, but um, you know, they're they're set up and they're they're a hard team to match up against. Dare I ask, did you fill out a bracket before this whole Stanley Cup playoffs started? And if so, do you have a prediction for an Eastern champion, a Western champion, and a Stanley Cup champion? No, I, I didn't fill it out. Uh, I just kind of, uh, you know, was uh, was excited that I got the call for one of the series and kind of dove into that with all my attention. But, you know, I've, I've watched a lot of it. I've seen a lot of these teams. Uh, I'm really interested to see the way the Vegas uh, San Jose series shakes out after watching San Jose in that series and seeing how good they, they played uh, and seeing how good that Martin Jones was. Um, I'll be interested to see the way, you know, that one shapes out. Uh, I think Winnipeg and Nashville um, will be a tremendous series. Um, I think the winner of that series is probably going to come out of the West just because of how good those teams were during the regular season, how good uh, they're playing right now in the playoffs. So um, I, I would I would imagine a Western Conference final is going to be Winnipeg-Nashville, or, or I shouldn't say that it can't be Winnipeg-Nashville, but whoever wins uh, the Winnipeg-Nashville series would probably represent the West. Um, and as for the East, I think it's I think it's wide open. I think it most likely uh, will come down to a, a Pittsburgh versus the winner of uh, of the. Um, Boston Tampa series because I, I really want I'm really curious to see the way that one shakes out during the playoffs. So, um, but again, I, I probably know nothing of what I'm speaking of. So uh, that's the beauty of the Stanley Cup playoffs is that it really could be anybody. So while it's been quick early, I have a feeling we're probably going to dive into some bigger seven game series as we go towards that Stanley Cup championship. Brendan, thank you so much for spending some time with us today. Really thrilled to be able to see how you've moved up the levels and to really reach the top of that mountain and being able to call NHL playoff games on national television. That's outstanding. And we're so proud of you. Well, I appreciate that DJ. And, and just, uh, you know, I was sitting down in the, uh, in the media room before game three of, uh, of the San Jose, uh, series the other day and, and just, uh, was sitting there 
chatting with Dave Gosher, who was calling the game. Now he's the Vegas Golden Knights television voice, but he was calling the game for Westwood One Radio, and we were chatting about his days in Wheeling. And uh, I mistakenly said that he was a former nailer, and he corrected me that he's a former Thunderbird. But still, uh, you know, there, there are a couple of, uh, of Wheeling connections up at the NHL, and uh, we're fun and having fun and, and happy to represent that city. Once again, we want to thank Brendan Burke for spending a few minutes with us today here on the Toolbox. It's extremely cool to be able to see people in this organization move up in levels. And as Brendan has done, going from an ECHL broadcaster, then moving up to the American Hockey League, NHL, and now a really sweet opportunity getting to call games on national television. Just a really cool thing to be able to watch and admire somebody who cut his teeth here in Wheeling before making Making it onto the grand stage. Don't forget, you can keep tabs on all former Nailers, players and coaches alike, all three levels who are competing for the Stanley Cup, Calder Cup, and Kelly Cup. Just go to our website under the team menu, select Playoff Tracker, and you'll be able to follow everybody and see who gets to hoist the hardware here in the spring of 2018. Season tickets are available for the 2018-19 season of Wheeling Nailers Hockey, the 27th season of professional hockey here in Wheeling. If you would like to check out more information on that, it is available via our website, wheelingnailers.com. That's under the ticket drop-down menu under season. Or simply give us a call at 304-234-GOAL. That's 304-234-4625. Happy playoff hockey watching 